today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You know, the rapture happens and you're so tethered to this world, you're going to be, it'll take longer to, you know, anyway, that's, again, I told you it wasn't, you know, but no, think about it. it, in the heart, that's true, isn't it? Because you're so tethered to this world, you've laid up treasures on earth, where moth and rust can destroy, where thief can break in and steal, and where your treasure is there will your heart be also. If your heart is in heaven, it's because your treasure is in heaven. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. Where is your heart? Is it deeply invested in your career, family, or a hobby you love? Those aren't bad things, but... Ultimately, as Pastor J.D. will warn in today's message, your heart should be invested most heavily in heaven, where your gracious Savior and Lord is gone to prepare an eternal home for you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 35, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Okay, Jeremiah. Oh, oh. I'm going to say it again. Really looking forward to these two chapters. These two chapters are not in chronological order. Rather, as with really the entire book of Jeremiah, they're divinely arranged, even if you prefer, topically arranged. And this because the common denominator, as with the entire book, when you have two seemingly unrelated chapters back to back, there's a reason. And the reason we have these two chapters is because they both speak to the blessing of obeying God's Word. So as we're about to see, and for those of you that read ahead to stay ahead, you already know what's ahead. (laughs) That's why you're cringing right now, because (laughs) especially when we get to chapter 36, it's really kind of intense. But God has the prophet Jeremiah record these two powerful accounts concerning not only the blessing of obeying God's Word, but also, conversely, the curse of disobeying God's Word. So this is going to mean the contrast is so stark and even stunning. So let's jump in. Verse 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Verse 2, go to the house of the Rehabites, speak to them, and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink. Okay. Chapter starts off by introducing us to the Rehabites, who, very interesting, were a nomadic people, and the descendants of Jethro, who, as you might remember, was the father-in-law of Moses. So Jeremiah now, the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah, and he is told to get the Rehabites who were there in Jerusalem. We're going to see why here in a moment. 
and bring them into this chamber, very specific, very detailed, and to offer them and give them wine to drink. Sounds kind of odd, right? Now, this is going to make sense here shortly, but this is going to be one of those studies where I think I'd be grossly remiss were I not to invite you to join me in putting yourself in the passage. You know what I mean by that, right? So we have these God-given imaginations, God-given imaginations. Let's use our imagination. Let's actually go to Jerusalem. We have an invitation here. We're not going to drink the wine, but just we're going to go there. Uh, We're going to join now the Rehabites whom we've just been introduced to. We're there in Jerusalem, and apparently we're going to, we're invited to go into this chamber where Jeremiah is now going to offer them wine. So can we go there? Can you put yourself there? Is that okay? All right, let's do it. Oh, I love you guys so much. Verse 3, Then I took Jezaniah, the son of Jeremiah, the son of Habazaniah, his brothers and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rehabites, and I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Igdaliah, a man of God, which was by the chamber of the princes, above the chamber of Maaseiah, the son of Shalom, the keeper of the door. Well, that's pretty specific. We got some names here. I want to talk about that later. Now, we're there, right? So I need for you with me to kind of just picture the scene here. How intense is this? All eyes are on the Rehabites there. This is very public. It's very formal. It's very specific. Everybody knows who Maaseiah is. Everybody knows who Hanan is. Everybody knows certainly this man of God, Igdaliah. And everybody is talking about now the Rehabites being invited into this chamber. They're in the city. And I guess Jeremiah's uh, throwing them a party, and everybody's going to be looking at them, wondering about them, and that's exactly what God wants them to do. Perfect. But, <laughs> kind of intimidating a little bit, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think? I mean, you're, you're walking in to the chamber, you're in the city, and everybody's looking at you going, where are you guys going? Oh, we were invited to, here's the invitation, we RSVP'd, and uh, what are you guys going to do? Oh, apparently we're going to, you know, we're going to be offered wine, and we've been invited to this thing, and actually I'm feeling a little bit of pressure right now. A little bit? Are you? Well, if not, you will. <laughs> then, verse 5, I set before the sons of the house of the Rehabites bowls, full of wine and cups. And I said to them, drink wine. Question, why doesn't Jeremiah command them to drink the wine? Notice he only asks them, invites them, suggests to them, but this is not a command, which by the way, they would have been obligated to do. So why doesn't he command them to drink wine? Answer, he knows of their obedience, keyword obedience, to their father's command, 
and that the Lord was going to use this as a very public and powerful lesson to Judah, as we're going to see shortly. But they said, now this is their response to Jeremiah's invitation. Again, you're there, right? Bowls full of wine. Here's the cups. Here you are in this chamber. I mean, it's like a private room, very, very uh, formal setting. And there you are, and here's their response. But they said, verse 6, we will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rehab, our father, commanded us, saying, you shall drink no wine, you nor your sons, forever. (laughs) You shall not build a house, sow seed, plant a vineyard, nor have any of these, but all your days you shall dwell in tents, that you may live many days in the land where you are sojourners. Wow. Oh, (laughs) would to God that we would be like this people who paint a poignant portrait of a people with a light touch on this world and the things of this world, not getting too settled in this world. The command from their father was, you shall drink no wine, you shall not settle down, build houses, plant vineyards. No, you're going to be nomadic, living in tents, which just have this temporary feel to them, that at any moment you could pick up and move on. You'll forgive me for this, but I mean, you have to forgive me, but uh, this is a picture of the rapture for me at any moment, because this is just our temporary layover in this world. We're just passing through. We're, we're nomads. I'm not going to use the word aliens. I hate that word. It's too bad that it's been completely, you know, changed and has a whole different connotation. Uh, by the way, I want you to know your pastor is an alien. No, let me explain. Just wait a minute. Wait a minute. When we immigrated legally, by the way, we immigrated legally. Did I say legally? To America, 1963. I'm nine months old. Um, I was given a green card, and it said on there, alien. I thought, wow, I knew it. And it was green too, of all things, right? I was an alien until I was 18, at which time, because my parents had become citizens, which U.S. citizens, which it took them five years to do, they had to go through all the studies, the lessons, the tests, the uh, everything. And then five years they became U.S. I'll never forget that ceremony with tears streaming down their face. I'm just young. I have no clue. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I am an American. America has been very, very good to me. I, mean, I didn't know. But they are just, I mean, they are so happy. Tears of joy that they're now U.S. citizens. And I remember asking my mom, I kept that. I still have that card, by the way. No, you can't see it. I asked them, I said, so, uh, you know, mommy, what, what is this? Oh, you don't need that anymore, Habibi. It's okay now. You are a citizen. You mean I'm not an alien anymore? No. 
You're a citizen now of this country. Well now, why are you emphasizing this? Because we're, we're citizens of heaven. We're citizens of heaven. We all as Christians still have our green alien cards, because we're just passing through, we're just sojourners. Be at the ready to pick up, because at any moment we could go up. And if you're too tethered to this world and the things of this world, well, you're going to, I know this is not, but that's okay. You're used to it, right? You know, the rapture happens and you're so tethered to this world, you're going to be, it'll take longer to, you know, anyway, that's, again, I told you it wasn't, you know, but no, think about it. it, in the heart, that's true, isn't it? Because you're so tethered to this world, you've laid up treasures on earth, where moth and rust can destroy, where thief can break in and steal, and where your treasure is there will your heart be also. If your heart is in heaven, it's because your treasure is in heaven. If your heart is still bound to earth, it's because your treasure is here on earth. Oh, would to God that we would all be Rehabites. Verse 8, thus they continue now responding to Jeremiah's invitation, which by the way, Jeremiah knows that they're going to respond this way which is why they're doing this in the first place. Thus we have obeyed the voice, obeyed key word, the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rahab, our father, in all that he charged us to drink no wine all our days, we, our wives, our sons, or our daughters, nor to build ourselves houses to dwell in, nor do we have vineyard, field, or seed. But, verse 10, we have dwelt in tents, and have obeyed and done according to all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. Before we move on, it's important to understand that this is not about wine, houses, vineyards, or fields. This is about obedience. There's nothing wrong with having those, just don't let those have you. Have a house, don't let the house have you. Have possessions and vineyards and fields and all of these things, but don't let them have you. The Lord has you. The Lord has your heart. Don't let them have your heart, because they'll steal your heart, because if that's where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Verse 11, but it came to pass, they're still continuing their response. When Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came up into the land that we said, come, let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldeans and for fear of the army of the Syrians. So we dwell at Jerusalem. So in other words, here we are. And actually, honestly, it was reluctantly that we came here. We were perfectly fine when we were dwelling in the tents as these nomadic people, but we were sort of forced, not by choice, to come here to Jerusalem to find refuge from the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, and the army of the Chaldeans. So we sought refuge here in the city at Jerusalem. Uh, Here's the point. They're there by divine appointment. Stay with me. Oftentimes, I think we do err greatly when we misinterpret the adversity in our lives. 
the adverse circumstances in our lives as not being God's will for our lives. Well, this is exactly God's will. God needs to get the Rehabites to Jerusalem. How's He going to do it? Oh, I know. We'll just have a couple of uh, Chaldeans show up at their doorstep. And no, they're not Jehovah Witnesses either. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that, that'll do it. In other words, how's God going to get us from point A to point B? He's got to disrupt point A to get us to even consider point B, because He's got to get us to point B, which for the Rehabites is Jerusalem. I think the takeaway before we move on is this. Never fancy the difficulty in your life as not having a purpose for your life. God will use the adversity to get us where He needs us to be. And had it not been for the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, posing this threat to these Rehabites, they would have never went to Jerusalem. And God needed them in Jerusalem for such a time as this. Maybe God is trying to move you, maybe not literally, geographically, but He's trying to move you from this place that, quite frankly, truth be made known, you've gotten a little bit too comfortable in. You've heard it said, of course, God will comfort the afflicted, but so too will God also afflict the comfortable. Sometimes I think we get too comfortable. I think about Peter, who got a little bit too comfortable at the enemy's fire before he denied the Lord. He was a sitting duck. Perfect storm. He shouldn't have been there to begin with. Well, he was. I wonder sometimes, do we get just a little bit too comfortable? Because we're, we're, as we say, creatures of comfort, right? I mean, if you really think about it, much of the effort and even much of the expense in our lives is directed at making our lives more comfortable. Come on. And convenient. Oh, this will save me time. Oh, it's so much easier. That'll make my life so much easier slash comfortable. And I just picture the Lord. I know I'll just speak for myself in my own life. He he just looks at me and goes, oh, you know that expression? I got to get all my ducks in a row. Okay, I just, then I'll be set. I'll be, I'll be comfortable once I get all my ducks in a row. So somehow I manage just by sheer effort. I get all my ducks in a row, and here's the Lord going, oh, looks like you got all your ducks in a row. <laughs> Not anymore. Lord, what are you doing? Well, you got a little bit too comfortable there. All your ducks are in a row. And by the way, I haven't talked to you for a while. You haven't called. It'll, it'll be good to hear from you. And isn't it true that when things are going good, and we're comfortable, and blessed, and I mean, yeah, but, but boy, let adversity strike. Let the Chaldeans come knocking. Lord! <laughs> Verse, I'm getting very convicted, so we're going to move on. Verse 12, Then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not restore? Receive instruction to obey my words, says the Lord. 
The words of Jonadab, verse 14, the son of Rahab, which he commanded his sons not to drink wine, are performed. For to this day they drink none, and obey their father's commandment. But although I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, you did not obey me. I have also, verse 15, sent to you all my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them, saying, Turn now everyone from his evil, amend amend your doings, and do not go after other gods to serve them. Then you will dwell in the land which I have given you and your forefathers. But you have not inclined your ear, nor obeyed me. Surely, verse 16, the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rehab, have performed the commandment of their father, which he commanded them, but this people has not obeyed me. Oh, (laughs) kind of coming into focus now. The lesson here is quite clear. The Rehabites obeyed the command of their father, not their God, spoken just one time. And get this, it's believed that it was about 300 years prior. He spoke a command one time, and they obeyed it, and they're still obeying it. And this is why God got them to Jerusalem and had Jeremiah do this. I'm going to use the Rehabites as a lesson to the Israelites. Look at how I'm not angry. I know it sounds like I am. I'm not. I'm convicted, but I'm not angry. I'm going to use the Rehabites and their obedience to their father all of these years later and contrast the disobedience of my people to my commands. I mean, they are obeying to this day, all of these years later, the command, one command of their forefather, and you won't obey me, your God. And it wasn't 300 years ago one time, it was like 300,000 times every day, all day, every year for 300 years. Early in the morning I would send out the prophets with my command, and yet you would not heed. You would not incline your ear. You would not obey me. Shame on you. Judah, look at the Rehabites. Let, let's, let's do a comparison here. Don't you hate it when parents compare you to other kids? Uh, or how about your siblings? Let, let's just do a comparison here. Look at these guys, man. And, and this is why it's so important for us to be there in that chamber with them. So you can kind of feel the tension in the room. That's a lot of pressure. Here, have some wine. <laughs> well, no, we can't. We, we, we would be disobedient. Ah, come on. I won't tell anybody if you won't. <laughs> yeah, you will. Well, again, it gets worse. So, Verse 17, Therefore thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring on Judah, and on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all the doom that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken to them, but they have not heard, and I have called to them, but they have not answered. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to this study in the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard in this edition. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like the one you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Jeremiah together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth.